much of what we face in our lives is not ours to control. We can't keep ourselves or our loved ones from growing old or growing ill or dying. We can't put our arms out and stop all of the injustice and unrighteousness in the world. We can't see into our own futures clearly enough to know what's ahead. And into all of this uncertainty, someone is coming, Mark says. It is someone who draws us together as God's people, even now this morning. This is the coming of the Lord Jesus. This is a promise. A promise that the heartache of our past, the uncertainty of our future, will not finally swallow us whole. the biblical text during the season of Advent speak of a God who loves us enough to draw near when our lives seem to turn into darkness. As Jan Richardson wrote in the poem Natalia read, to sit beside you among the shards and gently turn your face toward the direction from which the light will come. Advent also reminds us that God does not sit around waiting for our invitation in order to show up, often in a way that we do not expect. God intrudes, and the stars will be falling from the heaven, Mark said, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Yeah, thanks. But no thanks, really. The stars falling from the sky, the heavens shaken. You know, I'm busy enough just trying to get ready to host the family Christmas, to be honest with you. I fell a little bit short on Black Friday, and then again on Cyber Monday. And so if you need me, I'll be at the mall or, you know, at the outlets. That whole dark apocalyptic vision Mark lays out sounds like a good kind of Will Smith Christmas break movie, but really, ain't nobody got time for that, right? The season of Advent is filled with favorite traditions and expectations for many of us. But Advent also recognizes that many are yearning for a disruption, for a divine incursion into this life. Some of us are caught in situations for which there is no humanly conceivable way out. The last thing you may be hoping for then is for things to remain as they have been. This, my friends, is Advent. Advent has no time for cliche religious greeting card theology such as Jesus is the reason for the season. The Advent God not only cares about us, but also comes to get us. Advent is a reminder that things will not always be as they are. Advent is not a threat. It is a promise. Advent is said to be the season of waiting and preparing, as Haley shared with the kids. The question is, what are we waiting for? How should we prepare? 
Martin Luther wrote that even if I knew tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my apple tree. Many say that we should live life each day as though it were our last. But maybe a faithful approach is to live every day as though it were any other day. Faithfully, prayerfully, graciously, generously, serving and giving. Mark says that the heavens will go dark and the stars will begin to fall before the Son of Man comes. Is that what you're waiting for? Isaiah yearns for the heavens to be torn open and the mountains to quake at the coming of the Lord. Is that what you're waiting for? If Advent is about getting ready for the coming of the Lord, where should we look for Him? Where do we look for God in all of this busyness and tradition, among all these expectations we have for the season? What kind of God are we waiting for? Is it the God Almighty riding the clouds of glory? Or is it the babe in a manger, meek and mild? Yes, I suppose on some level we are waiting for that great and terrible day when the world will come to an end. If we have trouble joining those who envision the end of all things, the drawing to a close of time, we can certainly envision the end of our own days. We have seen and experienced death up close. We know what it feels like. And yes, we are waiting for God's justice and righteousness to finally come and straighten things out once and for all, huh? To give all the criminals and murderers and liars and cheaters what they have coming. And yes, we are waiting for the Prince of Peace to return in glory with all the saints and bring an end finally to sickness and despair Illness and death and loneliness and prejudice and sexual misconduct and warmongering. These are big things to wait for, these promises of God. But before it all gets too big for us, God brings us back down to earth this time of year to have us wait also for the birth of a child. In another divine incursion, we will hear that a bunch of sheep herders were out in the fields minding their own business and an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Scared to death, the angel said, be not afraid. Be not afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news, which will be for all the people. So we wait and we prepare. Mark reminds us we are waiting for a very big thing to happen. Something that will shake the heavens and the earth and cause people to tremble. And that may or may not sound like good news to you sitting here this morning. If your family is healthy, and I pray that it is, if there is no empty chair at your holiday table, you may not be hoping for the heavens to be torn open and for the stars to fall. If you have not been abused or neglected or assaulted, if you have not been shamed or addicted or rejected, 
If you are not fleeing with your family, a country beset by violence and ethnic cleansing in search of a place of refuge, a place welcoming the huddled masses yearning to be free, well, then you may be looking to skip Advent and snuggle in around an idealized, cozy manger with the fluffy, curiously clean sheep and the curious shepherds. Whether you embrace Mark's apocalypse or are offended by it, we are reminded as we step into this holy season that the Lord Jesus comes to live and to die for you. And for me, one of the liars and cheaters who will not get what he has coming to him in the end. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, Isaiah cries. At the end of Mark's Gospel, it will be the temple curtain that is torn apart. The temple curtain that separates all human beings other than the high priest on the high holy day of atonement from the very presence of the God, of God. In other words, all barriers between you and your God have been removed. You were not allowed beyond that temple curtain into the presence of the Lord. So God in Christ tore it down. So this is what you get. This is what you have coming. For all your brokenness and selfishness and your sinfulness, this is what you get. This is my body given for you, my blood shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. So much of what we face in our lives is not ours to control. We can't keep ourselves or our loved ones from growing old or growing ill or dying. We can't put our arms out and stop all of the injustice and unrighteousness in the world. We can't see into our own futures clearly enough to know what's ahead. And into all of this uncertainty, someone is coming, Mark says. It is someone who draws us together as God's people even now this morning. This is the coming of the Lord Jesus. This is a promise. A promise that the heartache of our past, the uncertainty of our future, will not finally swallow us whole. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware. Keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. Barbara Brown Taylor imagines it like this in her lovely book, Home by Another Way. She says, after an extremely busy day during this holiday season, the evening passes the way so many do. It is over before you know it and you are the last one awake. You check the doors and windows before you head off to bed. You leave the kitchen light on. The dog sighs as you walk past her on your way up the stairs. There is not another sound in the house. Now is when you should listen for that thief in the night. 
Because now is when he is interested in you, when you think no one is watching, when you think you are alone. But since you are not expecting anything save a few restless hours in bed, now is an excellent time for him to slip past your defenses, disarm your security system, and enter your safe space. You may prefer, she goes on, that the Lord send a letter by registered mail. Next Thursday at 6, the kingdom will come. All will be revealed. But I can guess what your reaction might be. I have season tickets to the symphony. I haven't finished my degree. I thought I would have more time. Can't I have a little more time? There are some people I need to say goodbye to. There are a few things I need to straighten out first. At least let me clean out my refrigerator. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Yes, we wait. Yes, we prepare. But God does not always wait for our invitation or meet our expectations. Most of you know that I bring a group from the church to Tanzania to connect with and support, interact with our mission and ministry partners there in that East African country. Back in 2012, we were uh, there during one of those trips, and what we always do is experience God's incredible creation in that part of the world by going out on safari for a few days. And uh, my wife and our two daughters, Lydia and Clara, were along on this trip, and we were out there in the Serengeti Plains, six million square acres of open uh, savanna fields and river valleys and small mountain ranges and you're looking to see what you might see and we were so blessed on this safari we saw the part of the great migration wildebeest by the thousands and zebra and we saw every kind of gazelle and antelope we sat down in the middle of a group of a large group of elephants turned the engines off on the jeeps and just watched them interact the teenagers you could tell how one was bugging his sibling and mom would come and intervene and we were so close as they splashed around in the mud we had to duck so that it wouldn't hit us it was just amazing and as is the kind of general way of things, people began to click off on their list all the animals they had seen. We'd seen lions up close. A male lion came right up to our jeep, looked up at us, growled a bit, and lay down right there in the shade of our vehicle with our daughter's eyes bugging out of their heads six feet from that line. As our time on safari came to a close, there was one one animal that a lot of us were hoping to see, but we did not. It was a cheetah. Kind of hard to see. With that much room to roam and being that stealthy and fast, difficult, uh, a lot to ask to see a cheetah. Uh, so uh, we started, people started saying to our drivers, we, we want to see a cheetah. We are, my, my poor drivers are always like, here's their their constant refrain is, Stop thinking about the animal you want to see. Just don't expect to see it. That's when they usually show up. But safari was over. We hadn't seen a cheetah. We pulled down the rooftop, which you stand to look out of when you're viewing the animals. We buckled down. We had a long, hard, driving, dusty drive to get out of the parklands and back to our camp. We were done with safari, and we were driving about half an hour and my driver saw something over to the right we went over and pulled off and just us our group 20 feet away 
from a mama cheetah and three cubs tucked away back in the trees. What an unexpected blessing. One of the little guys got even braver as we sat there for a while and came closer to us until mom would give him a little signal and he'd turn around and run back to the group. As you prepare, as you wait for the coming of the Lord this season of Advent, I hope and pray that you make room for the wonder and the surprise of God's grace. Into our fear and uncertainty, God has come to give hope and a promise. Even if your skies have gone dark and the stars are falling all around you, your God comes not to threaten, not to condemn, not to judge, not to destroy, but to bless. Do not be afraid. God's Word reminds us more than 300 times. No matter how dark things may appear, there is nothing God will not do. There is nothing God will not do. There is nothing God will not do in order to reach you with a blessing. And this blessing is real and eternal. It will simply sit itself beside you among the shards and gently turn your face toward the direction from which the light will come, gathering itself about you as the world begins again. And so a light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, will not, cannot overcome it. So calm